Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 11 called, When the Foundations Are Shaken. All right, well, we are in Psalm 11 tonight. And if you're new to our Wednesday night service here in the sanctuary, uh, we have shifted to a series of selected psalms called Medicine for the Soul. And I threw a curveball at you guys on Sunday, and uh, the Lord threw a curveball at me because I was in prayer before the service. I had prepared 1 Thessalonians 4, planned on preaching it, and felt a nudge not to, (laughs) which is pretty disconcerting. Uh, when it's 20 minutes before a service and the Lord does that. But the Lord is faithful. And uh, I have decided to keep us in the Psalms on Wednesday night. And we'll come back to 1 Thessalonians 4 on Sunday morning. And that message will be, this is the will of God. And I'm going to be talking to you about the sexual ethics that are found in Scripture and how uh, the Bible is very clear on how we're supposed to navigate that part of our life. But that's Sunday Uh, We are now in Psalm 11. Uh, I gave you an overview of the Psalms last time we were together. The book of Psalms is called, known as the Psalter. It's the collection of 150 different Psalms. About half of them were written by David. A lot of them were written in David's troublesome times in life. And if you think about David's life, what we know about his life, there are some major episodes that we can think about that he would be writing about in a time of trouble. Let me back up for a second by saying that each time you study a psalm, it was literally a song that David was given. It's inspired scripture. The Holy Spirit spoke through the mouth of David, we we read in the book of Acts. So we know that the psalms are just like all other scripture. They're inspired by God, but they were literally songs or became the hymn book for Israel. And I know that those of you who are musically oriented or find that the Lord gives you songs in the night, as the book of Job says, have had that experience. I had that experience when I first became a Christian. I was a drummer, so not much of, not much of a poet, to say the least. Uh, drummers usually get made fun of. But anyway, uh, I went through a stretch of time from the time that I got saved in my early 20s where I kept getting poems. And I was not into poetry but I kept writing these poems, and, and these poems were about really about salvation, about my experience with the Lord. And I just put, you know, it was pen to paper. I had a little notebook of them, and uh, it's somewhere today. And then every now and then I will get lyrics of a song, and I pass them on to Shane. And I don't, I don't know if he'll ever do anything with any of them, but I can't do anything with it because I'm not a singer, nor am I a musician, at least in the strictest sense. But David was one who played the harp, or he played a stringed instrument. Some of you may remember that it was actually David that was the one who played before King Saul when he was demonized, and it was only the playing of David's harp or guitar that calmed Saul down. And if you think about episodes in David's life, he had the square off with Goliath. He was very young at that time. And then other episodes that David had was when Saul who was really his father-in-law, became crazed and was really trying to destroy David because he was fearful that David would take his place and David was going to take his place. 
And then another tragic episode in David's life was the rebellion of his son Absalom. And so when you see David write a emotional, hurtful, um, just raw kind of psalm, it may well fall into those few categories. Maybe when Saul was after him, uh, perhaps, you know, it, it's recollections on the, the square off with Goliath or the enemies of God because David was a warrior. Or it could have been the painful rebellion of a son who wanted to supplant his father by really taking him out. And if you think about, you know, pains that you may have, relational pain is one of the deepest pains that we suffer, especially when it's relational pain with someone close to us. And so if you think about Saul and him trying to destroy David, and David would not take him out. Remember, David had opportunities and he wouldn't kill Saul. He wouldn't touch God's anointed. And then Absalom, your own son, trying to destroy you, kill you, and take your throne. That's, that's pain. And so a lot of David's uh, writings are written within the rawness of that pain. And that's why they're so honest. That's why they're so transparent. That's why they can be both brutal, like honest, brutally honest, and then hopeful, uh, like a lot of our situations are where we have stuff heavy on our hearts and we have to go to God in prayer and we ask the Lord to help us with a word, uh, you know, from the scriptures. And then we kind of circle back and we find our hope again. That's, that's really what you'll find in a lot of these Psalms. And this particular Psalm actually falls right in the uh, area of the Psalms of lament. Um, so let me just tell you that a, a lament is, we have a book of lamentations. And when you're lamenting something, it means you're, you're hurt over it. It troubles you. So the Psalms of lament around Psalm 11 are Psalm 9, Psalm 10, and Psalm 12. And so you could be lamenting something, but simultaneously, please hear what I'm about to say, you could be trusting God while lamenting something. And that's an interesting combination of thoughts, isn't it? Because I could be very troubled about something and yet still be trusting God and still have a deep level of peace. And I hope that that's what you're discovering in these times. Uh, that's what I'm finding, that I could still have joy even though there's a lot of upheaval and a lot of things up in the air and you know, th this has been called a psalm of trust because that's when I really need to trust God is, you know, when things are way outside my control. So let's pray. Father, thank you for each precious person that's come out tonight. Thank you for our youth group, our kids, uh, those who are, have joined us via live stream, those who are here. Thank you for the wonderful prayer meeting before the service began. Thank you that you, uh, you honor prayer. You tell us to pray at all times and not lose heart. Uh, there's a lot going on, Lord, but we know you have not moved. You are on your throne. And whatever you want us to hear tonight, Lord, let us be good soil for the seed of your word. Let it produce fruit unto your glory. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Let's read through the psalm. It's only seven verses. Psalm 11, verse one says, for the choir director, a psalm of David. In the Lord, Psalm 11, one, I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string to shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is 
Verse 4, in his holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. And the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Upon the wicked, he will rain snares. New King James says he'll rain coals. Fire and brimstone and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. Now, if you'd like to put headings, uh, put at the top, if you're taking notes, a psalm of trust in the midst of opposition. And the first plank, I'm going to give you three main points. The first one is trusting God in the midst of adversity, personal or corporate adversity, trusting God in the midst of it. Psalm 11 verse 1 starts, In the Lord I take refuge. Now that to me looks like a decision that you have to make in your life. You have to decide to take refuge in the Lord in the midst of adversity. And that is not an automatic, even if you're a child of God, because there are many places of refuge that you could go to. I'll put refuge in quotes because there are a lot of people, Christian and non-Christian alike, who have places that they go to, things that they go to, even substances, even pornography, you name it, as a refuge or a haven to escape the reality of the difficulty that they're facing. The biblical encouragement to us, the biblical admonition for us is to go to the Lord in those times. It's to run to Jesus. It's to turn to the author and perfecter of our faith. It's to go to the one that Hebrews 2.18 and Hebrews 4, uh, around 14 through 16 or 13 through 16 says, is our mediator, our great high priest, the one who is able to help in time of need. Amen. So this is how you take refuge as a New Testament Christian. You go to Jesus. You go to a throne of Grace to find help in time of need. That's literally what Hebrews 4 talks about. That he is available to steady you in the storm. In the Lord I take refuge. One of the beautiful biblical pictures of taking refuge is a little chick uh, hiding under its mother's wings. That's the idea of refuge. It's a, it could have been a cave that David, uh, you know, he hid in. There's a, a place in Israel called En Gedi. And it's uh, known as the, the strongholds of En Gedi. And it's a place where David hid from Saul. You can see it today if you get a chance to go to Israel. Some of you have been there. There's actually a, a natural spring that feeds some waterfalls. But this place is in the Judean wilderness. So it's, a, it's kind of a shocking place to, to experience because all around it is desert. And you could be where they the, discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls in the area of, called Qumran. And you can look off into the distance, I don't know how far away it is, and see En Gedi. And it's desert all around, but there's this one little spot where it's green, where there's ibex, there's animals there. And the only reason they're there is because there's flowing water there. There's running water. And that is a place of refuge in the storm. God, one, one of the images in Hebrew thought for God is that he's like water. Jesus described Salvation is living waters. When Peter preached in the book of Acts, he says that times of refreshing may come to you from the presence of the Lord. And when you go to the Lord for refuge, what you come out with is refreshment. I'm always refreshed in his presence. Amen. 
So when I go to him for refuge, when I don't bite my fingernails or run over here and do this or that, or go to some of my old haunts or my old places where I find temporary relief, but usually add additional problems to my life. Anybody uh, resonate with that one? There are people who they have things that they go to, but those things just cause more problems in their life. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And when you go to the Lord for refuge, what you come out with is refreshment. I'm always refreshed in His presence. Amen? So when I go to Him for refuge, when I don't bite my fingernails or run over here and do this or that or go to some of my old haunts or my old places where I find temporary relief but usually add additional problems to my life. Anybody uh, resonate with that one? There are people who they have things that they go to, but those things just cause more problems in their life. So instead of adding another problem to your life, learn to make the Lord your refuge and you'll come out with refreshment instead of another burden. Amen. And we get we get caught in this cycle sometimes where even after becoming a Christian, that's a hard habit to develop. It's not just an automatic that, oh, I'm stressed out, so I'll go to prayer or I'm stressed out, so I'll put on worship music or I'll, I'm stressed out, so I'll go to a Bible study or call a buddy of mine who's strong in the Lord. No, that's not an automatic. In fact, if I were to ask you to give me a percentage of Christians who you think do that well, what do you think the number would look like? I mean, here I am a pastor and I have to tell you, you know, it's a struggle. It could be a struggle to, to go there, although the Lord bids us to come boldly to the throne of grace. In the Lord, I, make it personal, verse one, take refuge. Is that what I do? Is that what you do? When my heart is in anguish, when I am struggling with difficulty, is that what I do? Do I take refuge in him? I want to show you just a couple parallel passages all the way to Psalm 31. We'll just stick to the Psalms just for a second. Let me just show you some parallel passages just for your encouragement. Psalm 31.1 says, In thee, O Lord, 31.1, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In thy righteousness deliver me. Incline thine ear, 31.2, rescue me quickly. Now, when you go to the Lord, this is a kind of an example of how you might pray. 
Be thou to me a rock of strength. Lord, give me strength. Rescue me quickly. Look at the middle of two. Uh, uh, I don't want to be ashamed. Deliver me, verse one. Rescue me. Be my rock. A stronghold to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. For thy namesake thou will lead me and guide me. Some confidence in the prayer. Thou will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For thou art my strength. Into thy hand, this is something that Jesus actually prayed from the cross. Into your hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast ransomed me, O Lord, God of truth. Turn over to Psalm 46. We've studied Psalm 46 in a previous Wednesday night study, but let me just show you an example. Uh, this is a very encouraging psalm, but Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. He's what? He's a very present help in trouble. The word help literally could be translated, he is accessible in trouble. And so whatever drives me to God can be a good thing. If I have trouble and it drives me to God, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. Just uh, write this one down. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Go to Psalm 62. Psalm 62. We're going to read verses 5 through 8. Psalm 62, 5 through 8 says, My soul, wait in silence for God only, 62, 5, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. Sometimes you got to do a little self-talk when you go to the place of refuge. Oh, my, oh God, my salvation, seven. My glory rests. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And then there's that pause we've talked about in the song. It's selah. It's pause, ponder, meditate. What did he just say? Pour out your heart before God. Don't be afraid to give him your anxiety and cares. And then just a few more. Psalm 73, Psalm 73, 26. Psalm 73, 26. Making the point, you need to decide to make the Lord your refuge. It's not automatic. It says in 7326, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Behold, those who are far from thee will perish. Thou hast destroyed all those who are unfaithful to thee. But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all thy works." Let me give you a practical as you turn over to Psalm 91. Let's just say that you and your spouse are going through something. You're both Christians, but maybe you don't pray together very much. And all of a sudden, there's, there's a tough situation. There's a bill that you can't pay. There's a, a medical examination coming up that's making you nervous. Wouldn't it be good if we as husbands would say to our wives, honey, I'm just going to pray over you right now. Now, I'm hoping that we're doing that. And I, I think as Christians, we all could say, I, we could do more of that. It doesn't have to be something extreme. But wouldn't it be good if we could lead, gentlemen, lead our families to the refuge and say, let's pray about it. And we don't, 
we don't always feel comfortable. So, some of us feel much more comfortable in a private prayer than a prayer even with our spouse. But this is how you run to refuge, not just for yourself, but for others. And then in Psalm 91, verse 2, it says, Psalm 91, verse 2. We also studied this psalm, and it's a beautiful, but just for tonight, it says, I will say to the Lord, Psalm 91, 2, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I will say it. Let the redeemed of the Lord. Huh? Is anybody out there? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You got you to gotta say it. You are my God. You are my trust. You are my Lord. Say it to him and say it to yourself. You've been listening to When the Foundations Are Shaken, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 11. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can watch Pastor Michael's sermons and the full services with worship when you follow our YouTube channel. Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And we would love it if you would join us at one of our Sunday morning services. But if you live outside of Southern California or you're unable to visit us, you can always watch live on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Best way to find the videos is visit walkintruth.com. Then click on YouTube. Again, visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, when we talk about foundations, you know, there's no other foundation that could be laid than the one that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And he's got to be the foundation of my personal life. And for those of you who are married, the foundation of your marriage, what are you building on? You know, sometimes the foundations get a little shaky in our world because our world's so unpredictable, but there is a foundation you can build on that will not be shaken because God is not going anywhere. And what you build on is the most important thing in your life. And one of the ways that you can build that foundation is to pray for your spouse. Now, you might be saying, well, man, I feel like maybe there's somebody out there right now. I feel like my spouse is my enemy. (laughs) How can I pray for them? And would that matter? Of course it would matter. Because when you pray, it changes your heart towards somebody and it enlists the help of heaven. It's one of the greatest things that you can do. Now, I'm not saying it's not challenging, especially if there's tension in your relationship. But why don't you give it 30 days of prayer for your spouse? Just start praying for them every day and see what the Lord might do. Maybe you would shock them one day to say, hey, can I pray for you? (laughs) Uh, It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Building on the right foundation. Hey, well, speaking of foundations, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth, and it is the end of the year. It's almost Christmas. What a blessed holy day that we get to celebrate Christmas, the entrance of our Savior into the world, Emmanuel, God with us. Hey, I want to thank you for standing with us in Walk in Truth. Some of you are newer. Some of you have been listening for years. And many of you, many more of you have been partnering with us and December is a critical month for all radio ministries, and it is for Walk in Truth because we want to finish strong and continue to strengthen the foundation of this ministry. We have some open doors in front of us for 2021. We want to walk through them without uh, nothing being in the way, especially resources. So if you could give a one-time year-end gift or become a monthly partner or do both, that would be awesome. If you've been thinking, man, you know, 
uh, Walk in Truth has been a blessing to me. I want to see them impact more lives. Maybe a year-end donation of something a little bit bigger than what we normally ask, which is usually $10, $20. Maybe you could give $1,000. Maybe there's somebody out there who said, you know, who would say, I can do a matching gift for Walk in Truth for next year. Would you contact us? Uh, you know what? We don't, I don't love, frankly, uh, asking for finances, but it's the reality. Radio time costs, production costs. And um, it's one, you know, on a positive note, it's a way that we can put feet to our faith and be a part of something that God is doing. And so go to walkintruth.com, click on donate, seek the Lord, seek his face and see what he would have you to do. We appreciate and love you guys. And we're so grateful for every one of you who partner with us. God bless you. Merry Christmas. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner too. $5 a month is greatly needed or give a one-time end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 11 called When the Foundations Are Shaken. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.